Welcome into Other People's Shoes. As you know, I am your host, Neil Matthews. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get to today's episode, a little message from my friend Katie Horner. Katie, take it away. The event of the year for Christian business owners is just around the corner. Handprint Legacy Live 2021 is virtual this year, which makes it super easy to attend from anywhere in the world without makeup, long flights, or expensive hotel rooms. Thursday through Saturday, June 24 to 26, we'll spend three powerful days mapping out your first or next most important steps for your business. I'm Katie Horner. My husband and I have grown from full-time ministry in Mexico to full-time international business owners by understanding and solving the countless marketing challenges faced by Christian entrepreneurs. We created the Handprint Legacy Live event as a safe haven where small business owners, teachers, authors, and coaches strategize, implement, and grow their business. This event is highly interactive and tickets are limited. Grab yours today before we sell out because three days of Bible-based fun and marketing instruction is going to leave you with your next marketing funnel all mapped out. Register now for the 2021 event at handprintlegacylive.com. That's right. If you are interested in this amazing event, please, of course, check out our show notes now. There will be more details on that there. And without further ado, Lucas, take it away. Hey, come take a walk with me, not like you used to do. Do something different and put yourself in other people's shoes. Open up your mind and open up your eyes and change your direction. Welcome into Other People's Shoes. As you know, I am your host, Neil Matthews. I hope you brought your passport today. Just just asking you, because we're going to cross the great tundra of Toronto, Canada. Welcome, my guest, Dan, hailing from the Maple Leaf capital of the world. I think they have Maple Leaf syrup there. I know they have Maple Leaf hockey, and in fact... One of my relatives, okay, he's not my relative. I've never met this guy, but he does share my last name, something Matthews. I don't know. Maybe it's Andrew or something. I don't know. I probably should know my hockey, but my next guest may be able to not only give us some meditation ideas on how to get acquainted with the new acclimate that we are now in, the new elements even, but she's also hopefully going to maybe educate us on some maple leaf syrup. So here we are. Welcome her in, Charlene. Charlene, how are you today? I'm so good, Neil. Thank you so much for having me on. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. And it is very cold here in Toronto, just so you know. (laughs) I've never been, but Toronto really is on my places to go. I want to go to Sky Dome, right? Mm -hmm. Which I know is not probably that exciting anymore. Yeah, and it's not called Skydome anymore. It's, it's uh yeah, they changed it. It's like Rogers. Well, no, they've changed it again, I think. I don't care. It's, 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 yeah. it's Skydome. <laughs> Somebody's like, wow, you just said you it's, don't care to a guest? I'm like, yes. Yes, I did. It's still Skydome to <laughs> still me, sky too. Dome like, to I me still too. call it Skydome. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's such a cool city. Um, I grew up just outside of the city, but when I moved back um, from the U.K., it really gave me the opportunity to like get to know the city. We have um, amazing food, amazing restaurants, amazing live entertainment. And I really hope that we can just get back to enjoying all of those things soon. Stinking COVID. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad you shared that with us. So that, that'd be some stuff we would go do if we were going to go hang out with you for a day. We'd probably go do some yoga and some meditation, but we would also probably go do what? Yeah, we would start with some yoga and meditation, and then um, we would definitely go to the Sky Dome area, CN Tower for sure. Um, across from across from the CN Tower, there is a, a brewery called Steam Whistle. So Steam Whistle is an amazing beer. I'm not sure if you get it there, but it I've is, never heard of it, so I'm going to okay. say no. Yeah, okay. It's it's really really delicious and they do like a brewery tour so that's usually where I bring any guests that come to Toronto we usually go to the CN Tower and then Steam Whistle Brewery and just walk around the city really yeah we we had a guest on three four like season four season five somewhere in there she was an author and her name is uh Tara uh, Ross anyway she's from Toronto and so okay. she would tell us some cool stuff about Toronto. So I, yeah. I, I grew up a baseball fan. And so uh, the Blue Jays were really good when I was mm-hmm. watching baseball pretty faithfully. And they were, they were kind of my like American league team. I know that people are like, you can't, 
you can't have an American League team and a National League team? I'm like, yeah, actually you can because <laughs> I do it all the time. But uh, but before we go too far down our Canadian road, because again, I'm fascinated by Canada. Um, mm. People think it is part of the United States. Just to be clear, it is not part of the United <laughs> States. It's not It's not one of our states. It's not like the 51st state. It's not. No. But, um, but I'm just curious. Like, I know you being the dancer and the yoga person that you are, shoes are probably one of these things that you probably don't wear a lot of, I'm guessing. <laughs> So, but, but if we were to try to do our best to get ourselves in your shoes today, what, what style of shoe do you think we, we would find, uh, find you in today? I, I am a sneaker person, comfort over everything. Um, and my, my, I would say my favorite pair of shoes are, I call them my magic shoes. Um, they are a pair of Nike Hirachis and they're this amazing, like emerald color. I found them in Amsterdam. And I wasn't going to buy them for myself. And my husband was like, you need to have these. And they're so special that at a dance class, I'll only wear them. Yeah, I'll only wear them inside a studio or inside around around the house. So that's what you'll find me in mostly is comfortable sneakers. <laughs> that's fantastic. And in place uh, of all places to find them in Amsterdam, right? Amsterdam. I mean, that's. That's not a that's not a name I hear every day, but uh, yeah. but that's that's kind of awesome. And they're emerald even so. That, yeah. That, that begs the question, is emerald like maybe a favorite color of yours? Is that maybe why your eye gravitated toward them or was maybe, it more the yeah. comfort? I, I like I like bright colors, um, which is weird because a lot of my wardrobe is not bright, but shoes I gravitate towards bright colors, reds, orange, something that pops. Um, yeah, yeah. But they're, they, they have to be comfortable. They have to be comfortable. I myself, um, I don't like red. For whatever reason. Okay. I don't know why. But I do have a pair of, and I wore them actually during Christmas. I wore, uh, they're all white, and then they have red stripes on them, like vertical nice. stripes on them. And so they almost look like a candy cane. And Cute. so I did, I did wear them during Christmas, and I thought, well, you know. I mean, there's like 50 pairs of shoes, so it's like any day I could probably grab any pair and, and probably yeah. be okay. But well, that was a time to bust those out. Yeah, it was, for sure. Yeah. And they're they're Velcro, so they're kind of like old man shoes. They don't have laces. But, you know, <laughs> Perfect. Another story. So I'm excited, again, to, to talk with you. We, of course, met on the amazing app called Clubhouse. I've been telling mm -hmm. everybody that I sit with that I've connected with through Clubhouse how we met because I always think that's kind of a fun story of, of how our paths cross. Maybe people find yeah. that interesting. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I always yeah. like to say that. And so, you know, we met on this amazing app called Clubhouse. And in this room that we were in together, I think what I really admired about you and really almost respected about you was when I started hearing your heart towards people, and your heart mm -hmm. towards just this idea of empathy and this idea of, you know, I love people and I want to know their story and I, you know, I want to give them a, you know, kind of a platform to share their story. And I'm like, mm. wow, it, it's almost like I found my long lost, you know, cousin in the podcast industry <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like a family member, because I think there's so few of us, which is so weird to say, but I think there's so few of us that are truly allowing others to come in and kind of have this walk of empathy with them, this kind of walk mm -hmm. of, you know, what you've walked through and this pain that you've maybe walked through, or maybe this victory that you've walked through, whatever it may mm -hmm. be. And I just, I just love what you're doing. And I, and I just wanted to share that with you that I really uh, gravitated towards your heart in that respect, because it was so similar to, to what I'm doing. So just wanted to share that with you before we, before we go Thank too far. You. Thank you so much. That's so, it's so yeah. lovely to hear. And you know, it's, um, it's, it's so lovely to hear too from a fellow podcaster who knows how to hold that space as well, who, who creates a, a similar platform for people to come and share their stories. Um, because that's, you know, that's, that, that was the inspiration behind, behind starting my podcast and being able to just hold that space for other people to, to share their voices. Because I think, um, especially in, in these time in these times, you know, it's so important to, to hear other people's perspectives. And that's that's why I gravitated towards your storytelling as well and your platform as well, because I think it's so important to hear other people's perspectives and to have those stories shared. So thank you so much for that. That's so kind. Well, you know, absolutely. Like I was saying, I just feel like there are so many people out there when, when you talk podcasting or you talk this type of platform. Mm -hmm. that I feel like are just, and I'm going to make a very broad sweeping statement uh, about most people, which is kind of dangerous for me because I don't normally do this, but hmm. I, I just feel like so many times there are people out there that their motives are not pure. 
Hmm. You know, and so mm-hmm. maybe that leads into kind of my first thing I was I was going to maybe ask you about is the fact of have you ever been in a moment where you really felt like, you know, a you were stuck or or maybe a a b the the b side of that would be you know yeah I was stuck but I had all these people around me that was just kind of trying to maybe take advantage of me or or maybe mm. I felt oppressed or you know I felt like I was just in this cage that I couldn't get out of I mean do, have you ever experienced that or mm-hmm. or am I or am I just the only one that maybe has been that way? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting what you say about, you know, like people aren't necessarily being pure or authentic or aren't kind of stepping forward with the intention that they might want to be or, you know, there's just there's 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 underlying motives or underlying intentions perhaps. Um, but when it comes to being stuck, I guess, I sort of reflect on a time back when I was like 18, 19, around that age, and I was feeling really stuck. And I don't know that I even really realized that I was feeling really stuck um, in in a place where I, I didn't really have a lot of motivation. I didn't really have a lot of goals, a lot of aspirations. Um, as you mentioned, I, I come from a dance background. I was always dancing. I was a competitive dancer, quite, um, quite an elite athlete, you know, and that was something that I had always done for, for my entire life. And I became a teacher and I eventually became burnt out. Um, and I fell out of love with the whole process with, with, with dance. I didn't want to have anything to do with it because I was doing it so much. I was giving so much and I was just having a really hard time, um, connecting with it still, I think. And I decided to quit. I decided to just let go of all of that. I decided to start bartending, start waitressing, you know, kind of got myself into a different type of environment. And I was having a lot of fun. I was meeting new people. And I kind of just got into this rut or sort of plateaued in this space where I didn't want to dance. I didn't want to teach dance. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to do anything. And I was having a really hard time feeling motivated And it wasn't until my parents actually said to me, you know, this is like a wake up call for you. You need to either go back to school. You need to either go back to teaching. You need to start pursuing your dance career or you're going to start paying rent under our house, you know, under our roof. Sorry. And um, that really shook me up. That really kind of made me realize like, okay, well, there's something that I need to be doing and that's not paying rent to my parents. I'm not doing that. And I decided to pack my bags and leave the country and travel to Europe. And I ended up in London, UK. So yeah, I think, you know, there was, there was a point where I was I was definitely feeling stuck, but at the time, I don't think I realized it. And it was, it took outside people. It took external motivation. My parents kind of giving me an ultimatum to to change, to shift, and to get myself unstuck. Well, first off, uh, I think we all have that moment in our life where mom and dad, or, you know, maybe it's just mom, or maybe it's just dad, mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, in, in this society that we all live in now, but a parental unit, we'll just maybe leave it at mm-hmm. that, comes to us and says, hey, you know, it's kind of put up or shut up, you know. Right. And and the put up being you got to put up rent or you're yep. going to have to shut up and go, right? And yep. so I love that, but I also kind of struggle with that because if they didn't do that, if they didn't come along and kind of call you to, to adulting, we'll say, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Call you into that moment of, hey, this is how real life works. Like you can't just live someplace for free forever. If they didn't come and do that, what where do you think your life would have been? And I know I hate what ifs, but you know, hypothetically, I mean, I, I, they're so hard because it's like, well, now we've, we've passed that. We can easily go back and go, well, I would have done, I would have, should have, Absolutely. But but I mean, have you ever sat back and really thought about that? Um, I have. I definitely have. And I've I've thought about what it would have been like if I hadn't traveled, if I hadn't left the house, if I hadn't gone to Europe and had that whole adventure over there in London. Um, 
I think that there would have still been some way that my parents would have taught me that lesson. I don't think that they would have let that slide. It might have just been in a, in a different capacity. If I had said, okay, fine, I'm going to start paying rent, you know, I don't know where I would be. I think I would be a different person for sure because I do believe that I needed to step out of my comfort zone and I needed step to step out of that that bubble that I was in in order to realize the full capacity of my dreams, you know, what I wanted, other people that I had the the opportunity to meet by stepping out of that bubble. Yeah, I'm not sure where I would be, but I do think that I, that my parents would have found some way to teach me that lesson. I don't think that they would have they would have let that slide. So from the sound of it, you're pretty grateful for that lesson, as hard as it may have been at the time. I mean, I don't know. You don't have to tell us how mm-hmm. old you are per se, but, but I mean, I'm imagining you're, you're fairly young when this uh, encounter takes place. When mm. again, you're introduced to the world of adulting. Uh, it's just fun to say now adulting, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> do you have any brothers and sisters or anything like that, that, uh, that got to, got to experience the same type of uh, mom and dad lesson, if you will. And and how yeah. did they handle that in comparison to you? Yeah, um, I do. I have a younger sister. We're three and a half years apart and we're very, very close. So that that move for me too was, was pretty hard on our relationship as well with, with my sister because of how close we were or how close we are. Um, yeah. And, you know, she she kind of had a different path because she went to university like I graduated high school. I didn't do any post-secondary education. I started teaching right away. You know, I got into the workforce right away. And I say that I got my schooling, you know, in the school of life in in, in the streets. So um, we had a, a, a different sort of path we had a different journey for sure but um she actually ended up following me to Europe she she ended up coming and living there with me I was running a business over there at the time she ended up being one of my teachers and we um we performed together we trained together so we both had the opportunity to experience that but I had sort of laid the groundwork over there I had kind of you know I had established relationships, so I was able to connect her with certain people. And um, yeah, but it was it was a wonderful experience. So with my sister, I think everything was sort of I did it first. And then should it be something that she wanted to kind of pursue or follow? the 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 path was already sort of laid out and she had somebody to to guide her. So I would say that that, you know, the my parents definitely had a lot of learning curves with me and then it was a little bit easier when they had to kind of hand that down to sis um yeah but you know it it was it it was good for me though because I I think that it it made me strong it made me realize like okay I have I have a responsibility here to to pave this path to set a good example as well and you know different journeys, different people, but we both, we both turned out okay. <laughs> well, that's great that you guys were able to, to team up in Europe and, and not only, you know, partner yeah. together to, to perform together, but, but even, you know, help out, help her out as far as like classes and, and, you know, having her kind of teach where you were at that, that's kind of a, a cool, cool thing. I, I yeah. just wonder as a parent, um, you know, I don't know how excited I would be for you to kind of like, Come over here, join, you know, join team Charlene. Don't join team mom and dad, you yeah. know? And, and so, yeah. uh, as a parent, I'm, th- I'm thinking, did you corrupt her? Did you somehow <laughs> persuade her? So I say all that because I wonder, and, and it's funny to laugh about, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. You'll let yep. us know. But, but, um, but I wonder when that happened, how was your relationship with your parents? Because I would imagine, you know, leaving the home is never easy. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're being forced out like, Hey, you know, here's a garbage bag, pack your stuff right. and, and go your eviction notice from mom and dad, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you knowingly say, Hey, you know, it's time this little bird fly flies out. And, you know, yeah. either way, like most people who I know who have left home, it's never been an easy thing. Again, whether mm-hmm. they have the greatest relationship with their parents or they don't, it's never been easy. So maybe speak to that mm-hmm. as far as from yeah. your experience, how how the relationship is now. Yeah. Well, I was 
really, really lucky. You know, like you said before, I truly am so grateful for my parents um, that that first of all, you know, raised me to be able to stand on my own two feet, to be independent, to be strong. And, you know, I'm so grateful that they trusted me with leaving, you know, and it's not even like I left and like, you know, (laughs) moved to the next city. Like I packed my bags and moved across the ocean. And so that, that was pretty major. And the more I reflect on it, the more I realize how major that, that really was. Um, my dad, both of my parents are immigrants. My dad was born in Germany and my mom was born in the Philippines. And so they both immigrated to, to Canada. Um, my dad, you know, he he would say he was sort of like the rebel child of, of his family. He also packed his bags when he was 18 and moved to the the West Coast. He moved to, to Vancouver, got on the back of a motorcycle with one of his best friends. And, you know, he so he he traveled. So he was a little bit more open to letting this little bird fly. He was a little bit more open and um, understanding, I think, of me needing to go and do this and and needing to leave the home. Um, Mom was a little bit more reluctant and she actually came to to visit me with my sister for the first time when, when I was living in London and she had a really hard time. She had a really, really hard time kind of you know, seeing where I was living, um, begged me to come home, wanted me to come home where she could provide for me and, you know, where she could cook for me and know where I was and make sure that I was, I was safe. And, you know, it was just something that I had to tell her, like, this is, this is what I need to do. I feel like I need to do this. I feel like I need to, to be here. I need to grow. I need to have these experiences on my own in order to figure out who it is that I want to be in order to figure it out who it is that I want to surround myself with. And that's really, truly what, what the experience was for me. Um, so I think eventually once they kind of felt like I had settled a little bit more and I was starting to find my feet, I was starting to find work as a dancer, as a teacher, as a choreographer, and I was starting to just establish a great group of people around me. I think once they kind of knew that I that I had that, they felt a little bit better about me being there. And now that I've come home, our relationship is so wonderful it's so great to be close to them um my sister now lives in switzerland so i'm a little bit further away from her which is hard and sad but at the same time you know we've been used to kind of this long long distance relationship now but um yeah i think i think for for my parents and i i think it was a a huge growth experience and I think it truly made me appreciate them more as human beings more as friends and not so much kind of looking to them as just my parents you know they'll always be my parents I'll always come to them for advice I'll always come to them when I I need that that parently love but it really gave me the opportunity to kind of see them in a different light as well. And I think same, same for them. I think they, they, you know, they really had to come to terms with the fact that their little girl is growing up and starting to become her own person and that she didn't necessarily need them as much anymore. So, yeah. My niece on the verge of selecting a college to go to, she's Mm -hmm. been, uh, Full disclosure, she does not know I'm sharing this story. I will tell her after the fact, <laughs> but I think she'll be okay. But my niece is getting ready to, you know, she's she's hitting that age now where she's mm-hmm. looking at colleges and she's looking at different universities. And, you know, she's grown up most of her life in a very, uh, very wonderful home. You know, my sister and brother-in-law love her dearly and she's an only child too. So there's no sister to, to follow her mm-hmm. to, to England, but it's a tough time. For all of us right now who know her and love her. I mean, she just turned, you know, 18 this last year. And so all of that that comes with that, right? As a young woman, she's no right. longer a girl. She's, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, I think of Britney Spears, that song, not just a girl more, Absolutely. you know, or a woman or something like that. <laughs> yep. I don't, I'm mm-hmm. messing that up, but I think people know that they can Google that if they're not sure what yeah. that is. But my, my sister called me the other day and she said, um, 
I just don't know what to do because one of the schools that that she's looking at that she's even been accepted to, by the way, is in England. Okay. And wow. so knowing you and I were going to talk today, um, yes, I just had to ask some England questions. And I feel like, by the way, <laughs> and I know this sounds maybe kind of bad or whatever. This is your moment. This is not mine. I really feel like when I started hearing more of your story, I almost could put my my niece in your dance shoes. Mm. in those Nike shoes that you, that you picked up those emerald shoes and mm-hmm. i and i thought man i wonder if charlene would mind speaking straight to my niece now you don't know my niece but i gave you a little background but i want to before yeah. you maybe respond to that i wanted to share this quote with you because you talk about the bird leaving the nest the baby bird you know getting kicked out <laughs> or not kicked out but leaving the nest cuz i don't think you were kicked <laughs> out but you kind of chose to leave so there we are so yeah, here we are yeah. just to be clear Mom and dad aren't that mean. They're, they might hear this. They're, they're wonderful people. <laughs> they shuffled me out with with love and, gotcha. and admiration. This little, little nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah, you know? a little nudge. Yeah, yeah. So, so this quote comes from one of my favorite movies, and and maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't. But but I wanted to share this quote with you and get your thoughts on it because I think it, it's very relevant to to maybe what we're talking about. So here's a quote. It says, mm-hmm. "Some birds aren't meant to be caged. That's all. Their feathers are just too bright. Their song is just too sweet and wild." So let them go. When they open the cage, they flee. They fly away Hmm. out of our past. And the part of us that knows it was wrong to imprison them, not that you were in prison, but here's the quote, right? (laughs) Uh, Imprison them, or maybe you felt like you were in prison. I don't know. Um, Hmm. But part of, so imprison them. The first place we rejoice because our place that they lived in was so much more bright. But now that they're gone, it's so much more dim and empty since they've departed. And I shared that with my sister recently, and she said, first off, you're not that brilliant. I said, you're right, it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, just, it's a take from the, the movie Shawshank Redemption. She said, she said I, I just feel like right now I, I don't know what to do. Mm. So if you could speak to those young adults, those young women who may be on the verge of making these big life decisions that you walk through. I mean, you, you're mm-hmm. kind of my expert right now in that arena. And maybe it's so close to my heart because again, my niece is walking this road. But what would you say to those young women who are on the verge, who are maybe even scared? Maybe there's some fear. Maybe there's some, you know, paralyzing stuck moment. I call them Cinderella moments, right? She was just stuck in that situation. She couldn't get out of it till that glass slipper came along. So, so maybe if you can take off those emerald shoes for a moment and put on that glass slipper and, and tell us how you think they should really attack this moment in their life. And I chose the word attack on purpose because I think there needs to be a sense of like, I'm going to do this like a, an urgency. That's why I use the word attack. So mm-hmm. there we are. Yeah. I love, I love that quote. I love that movie. Um, I, got, I got a little bit emotional listening to that because, you know, that, that really is, is the sense, right. And, and, um, you know, talk about putting yourself in other people's shoes, like thinking about what my parents must've also been feeling, you know, and I think it's, it's, I probably wasn't really thinking about that at the time, but now as a grown, as a grown adult, having, having walked that path, um, you know, I'm not a parent, not, not yet. And, um, I, I, I see that and I understand that and I can hold a lot more empathy for that now, but in speaking to anyone really, you know, anyone that is kind of maybe thinking about making the leap into the next place, into the next step, into, you know, what, whatever it is that, that you are, are transitioning into, I would say, go go with your gut like really really see if you can tune into what it is that your body your heart your mind is truly telling you if you really feel like there is something out there for you to explore there's nothing holding you back you know okay travel might not be the the <laughs> the thing that we can all do right now but it's something that hopefully you know we can get back to really soon because I think traveling and seeing the world and meeting other people, you know, um, experiencing other cultures, trying different foods, just seeing how other people move through their lives has been something that was really, really eye opening for me, really inspiring for me. And it gave me a chance to understand a how similar we all are and b how different we all are you know and how we all move through our lives 
in the way that we feel is 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 best. You know, we're going to come to bumps in the road. We're going to come up against challenges. We're going to come up about against hardships. And I think just knowing that you're you're coming from a place from of really great foundations. You know, your niece, for example, has I'm sure had a wonderful upbringing. Um, I myself had a wonderful upbringing and I was able to have those foundations and have a lot of those uh, morals instilled in me. And um, I think just knowing that you have everything that you need inside of you, all of the tools, all of the skills to take that leap, you know. And at the end of the day, fortunately, I was able to come back if I ever needed to, you know, it was always, there was always the option of the door is always open. You can always come back. If you go over there for a week and you're like, nope, this is not for me, you know, you can always come back. But I think that it's, you know, it's, it's definitely scary. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear involved in it, but it's also really exciting. You know, it's also just that knowledge of being able to be out on your own and to be able to make those decisions for yourself. Right. Um, and knowing once again, that you have everything within you, you've got all of those wonderful lessons that your, your parents, that, you know, your, your environment, anyone that, that has kind of helped you along up to this point has instilled in you, you can always come back to that, right? It's like your little tool belt that you have. You've got all those all those tools in there to, to draw upon. So I say take the leap. I say take the leap, you know, um, go out there and explore because it's such a huge world. There's so many beautiful, wonderful people out there that are ready to meet you as well, you know, without you really knowing it. But um, yeah, I think it's it's such a wonderful thing to be able to step outside of your bubble if you have the means to, you know. Fortunately, I, I had the means to um, and I, I was supported. I felt really supported. And I think if you do have that support, then that's really all you need. Felt like you were talking right to her. So uh when she hears this, hopefully she'll she'll know that Uncle Neil was really thinking about her in this moment. Because again, I, I, I think so many times, right, the flip side of that as a parent is like we don't want our kids to leave. We want them to leave, but we don't want them to leave, right? We, totally. we want them to experience life, but we don't want them to experience life. We want them to have the successes and what it feels like doing your own home or be in your own apartment or, you know, have your own coffee maker or whatever it may be. But it's also super scary at the same time because we're like, I've seen you growing up. Right. You could barely, you know, put away the dishes when I asked you to, you know, <laughs> I mean, I know some you're kids supposed like to that. cook for yourself. Right. And now you're supposed to cook for yourself. You know, you can't live on, you know, mac and cheese and top ramen. Just, you know, putting that out there. I mean, you can, but you're, you're, you're probably not going to have a very, you know, you won't feel very good. You won't feel very good for sure. Yeah. So, so speaking of being in, 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 in England, right. I mean, again, never being in Tor Toronto, the culture, the climate, the weather, the hockey, you know, all of this stuff, right? Going over to England, like what was the biggest culture change for you going across, I say across the pond, but I think most people know what I mean by that, but across the seas, right? Like what was the biggest change for you in, in, in adjusting to that world opposed to being in Toronto? Hmm. Getting used to the accent was a huge one for me and I miss it so much. I say, I say this all the time. Anytime I hear um, a British accent, I'm like, oh my gosh, I miss it so much. Um, so getting used to the slang, getting used to kind of just trying to decipher what it was that people were saying to me, um, that was that was a big thing. And, you know, I ended up in, in like, in London, like I was working in bars and teaching at, you know, the, the main studios in, in the heart of the city. So coming from a, a, a suburban town, cause I hadn't, I hadn't lived in the city before I, I moved to London. So coming from a suburban town and then kind of going to one of the biggest cities in the world, which is truly, you know, you hear this phrase a lot. It's like a melting pot, right? But it's literally a melting pot of European, like any European countries and, you know, the States, Canada, just like so many different people, so many different cultures. Um, 
it was it was a lot it was a lot it was very very busy you know getting on the tube um taking that taking the making those commutes was like a huge a huge shock for me you know and and I I had never really done that I had never really done that we had always you know we had always had cars and buses you know taking the school bus like I was never really a city girl and so I think that was probably the biggest shock is like just ending up in a very big city um, on my own. But again, it left a lot of space for me to meet all of the wonderful people that I met and to really create my own little community, my own little family, um, being that there were so many people that I met from so many different countries. I kind of gravitated to all of those people that were, you know, in the same, in the same shoes as me in the same sort of place where they also left home and they were on their own and they were pursuing their dance career. I kind of, (laughs) collected all of those people and created my own dance company and um, just created a little family where we all kind of felt like, okay, these are our people. These are my brothers and sisters while I'm here, you know, kind of creating that, that safe, that safe place and, and just people that I could hang out with and confide in and, and be myself with. Um, So I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, I think the biggest shock was just, how overwhelming it was to move to a big city. I got I got used to it, but then in the end, I was like ready to come back to a, a, a smaller city, a quieter city. Um, I did not want to take the tube anymore. I was I was definitely over that after seven years. So the tube is their transit system, if I'm yeah. understanding that right. That like that the underground. The, like yeah. their subway system, uh, essentially like what we'd have in the States or, or something like that, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Subway. It's pretty, is it pretty fast? Like it, it gets you to places pretty quick for the most part? Yeah, it, it was, it's, I think it's still one of the most like elaborate um, systems in, in the world. As far as I know, I know Japan has a really, really great system, but I know that London has an, an incredible system. Um, it is, it's pretty fast. Like you can get, you don't, you don't have to have a car. Um, you know, I know like there's, there's places in the States and here too, where it's like, you have to have a car in London. If you're kind of within the hub of like, you know, the, the city, very, very good transit. And the double-decker buses, too, are one of my favorite, favorite things to take, something I really, really miss, actually. Yeah, I would think Big Ben would be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. They have that giant Ferris wheel, too, if I'm not mistaken. The London Eye, yeah. Yep. Yep. I would be drinking yeah. tea, like, nonstop. And I'm a coffee guy, but I would still, I would probably be yep. drinking tea, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a very, very cool city, you know, and I do, I, I and I haven't been... For a number of years, I think I went back maybe one or two years after I I moved back to Toronto. But before I left, I actually kind of did this like countdown on my Instagram of all of the things that I was going to miss, all of the, you know, the the favorite restaurants that I had, um, all of the museums in London. I don't know if this is still a thing, but they're all free. Like unless you unless you pay for one of the the sort of like special exhibits that they have, all of like the natural history museum, the science museum, it's all free, which is super cool. Um, and you know, it's it's pretty cool that you know you get to be in a very touristy city, but you can just kind of walk around and experience a lot of those things for free, like Buckingham Palace and like you said, Big Ben. And um, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to see, a lot of a lot of culture to take in, and there's always something to do there for sure that's fantastic yeah i uh that's on my list it's on my list toronto Mm -hmm. london sydney australia like i want to like maybe all at once just bam 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 just Just go just get them done just that's 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 fine (laughs) as soon as as soon as covid is over book all of those tickets yeah why not just it's fine (laughs) frequent flyer miles it's totally cool i just want to just i'm curious about this as we wrap up today um First off, I, I love the fact that you've you've given us some real insight not only to yourself, kind of your journey, kind of where you've come from, kind of you know all this stuff. Some people were like, it, I'm I'm sure they're get, they're thinking right now, well, if London was so amazing and so great, and she had all this success over there, because it sounds like you mm-hmm. kind of did. You found your people, you found your mm-hmm. you know the the check the catchphrase now is my tribe, right? My yeah. my my followers, whatever it may be. Why on right. earth would you one come back to cold, snowy? <laughs> hockey 
you know, capital of the world, Toronto, Canada. Um, why, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just stay in, in London? Hmm. Great question. <laughs> um, as much as I love London, as much as it was an incredible time in my life, it was very expensive. Um, and being an artist, being a freelance dancer, choreographer, you know, it, you had to be working a lot to essentially pay rent and eat. You know, I also ran my own business there. I, I was a part, I was a franchisee of a, um, it was a, it was a company called Diddy Dance and they run toddler dance classes. So I, I ran my own franchise for, I think it was six years. I kind of transferred uh, the business to Canada and, and ran it remotely. And then I eventually sold it. But, um, you know, I, I was doing okay, but it was definitely, you know, in air quotes, like a hustle for sure. Um, I met my husband over there. He is originally from Slovenia and he is also a dancer. So we were both in the industry. We met there and, um, you know, we, we were both having, we were both having a hard time like it, it was it was kind of getting to a point where we we're like okay you know we're both 28 we both want to start to be able to put some money aside you know start saving start having a better quality of life where we're not just working 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 paying rent and eating you know and not really having a lot saved up not really having a lot to put away for the future and um I brought him to Toronto to meet my family and immediately he was like we're moving here I want to start working on my paperwork I finally kind of twisted his arm to just say let's just get married because that'll be a little bit easier for us you know a little twist of the arm but you know I was like hey, I've been in London for seven years. You know, I am totally ready to come home and to be able to to hang out with my family and my friends again. A lot of my friends that I did meet in London, as I said before, they were from Australia. They were from Italy. They were from Russia. Um, so they kind of all went back to their, their hometowns, most of them anyways. Some of them kind of moved to different places. And uh, one of my best friends, she moved back to her hometown. We started our, the dance company together and you know they're mamas now they're they're papas now you know they're they they have um they have their own family so it's it kind of feels like I almost grew out of that phase and was just ready to take another leap and transition into the next phase of life and it felt right to do that closer to home um closer to my parents and closer to my friends that I grew up with who um, didn't necessarily get to experience my growth in London. Um, but now I kind of get to hang out with them as an adult. And these were the people that knew me from when I was seven years old. So that's pretty cool too. So yeah, I, I definitely look back fondly on that experience. And I'm still really close with the people that I met. We stay in touch over you know, our, our socials and whatnot and um, are still loving each other from afar. But it was it was the right time. It just felt like it was the right time. There's something about that just makes me think about there's something about something about seven years where your cells like regenerate or something like that and your whole your whole body like regenerates all of its cells and and um there's sort of this like seven year mark where uh things start to change so i don't know if that was the case but it just felt like the right time i've heard it said that so much of our life is based on a book right like our book our life is really just a book life's book mm. life's journey right and i've also heard it said that at the end of every chapter in our life there should be a lesson that is learned during that chapter what mm. would you say right now, looking over the span of your life? Again, we're not asking how old you are, so just, just to be clear. <laughs> Everybody's always like, why do you always ask how people old, how, how old people are? That's so rude. I'm not. Okay, just stop sending those emails. Stop tweeting me. I'm not. I'm not doing that. But <laughs> but looking over the span of your life, right, and thinking about how the how each chapter's ended. Maybe it was the chapter of, of when you were in, in high school, mm. and then maybe it was the chapter of right after high school of, of working and hustling and dancing, and then kind of giving up your passion, which is dancing, right, and then going to London and and you know meeting all the people that you met and doing all the amazing things that you did. Because I'm guessing you probably just didn't hang out in London. You probably went other places in Europe. I mean, you had to. I did because you're yes. that you're over there. You might as well, right? And totally. then you know meeting your husband, and maybe there was that chapter of when you guys first met and then when you're dating and then coming back to Toronto and 
you know, getting married and, and, you know, now mm-hmm. the life that you have now. So thinking about the span of your life, what do you think has been the greatest one chapter, but then also lesson with that chapter? Hmm. Ooh, Neil, that's deep. I love that. <laughs> well, you know, I, I just know for me, like I said, there, there have been so many chapters in my life, sometimes even sub chapters mm-hmm. because, you know, the chapter ends and it's like, well, that was a cliffhanger. I wonder how that's going to end. Right. You, know, you know what I mean? And so for yeah. me, I guess I'm, I'm always fascinated by what people have learned in their journey along the way, mm. you know, and, and a life lesson or maybe a painful lesson that, that they're like, man, had I known again, that what if thing again, or imagine if, or you know, mm-hmm. I, I golf every now and then like a mulligan, like if I got a do over, like what would be that do over? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, oh man, so many wonderful chapters and so many wonderful lessons. Um, you know, we've been talking, we've been talking about London a lot and, and, um, I, I would probably go, go back to, to that experience, you know, all of, all of the different people that I met, I was, in in a relationship before I met my husband as well and um you know I had to had to close that chapter and that was that was really hard because this this could be a whole other podcast but um you know looking back on who I was in that relationship I was not being true to myself I was not being authentic to myself I was a different person when I was in my role as you know company director in my role as choreographer teacher that teaches at pineapple studios like i i kind of separated myself from that person and um you know looking back on it it was it was my family that kind of opened my eyes to hey it doesn't really seem like you are happy it doesn't really seem like you are being authentic and true to yourself and so um looking back on that and and you know looking back on all of the chapters i would probably say that the the biggest lesson for me personally is that no matter where i go no matter who i become it's always going to be my family that grounds me it's always going to be my family that you know um knows me the best and knows me for who i i truly am in in my most authentic self and they'll let me know you know they'll let me know they'll let me know they'll support me though in all of my decisions as long as it comes down to me being happy and looking back on all of the chapters you know it's it's been something that has been really stable something that i can always count on is turning to my family and knowing that no matter what they're going to support me but they'll also keep it real and let me know if they if they think that i'm not really being true to myself i think there's so much power in that and there's so many people out there right now that are thinking why can't I have the family that she has? Why, mm, why can't mm-hmm. I have the mom and dad and the support system and, and the sister and, you know, all of that right. that is there to support me? And the question that I would ask yourself is, okay, so maybe it's not, maybe it's not your biological family, but mm-hmm. maybe are your friends sometimes become your family, right? Your friends become totally. that sister in your life or that brother in your life. Or maybe there's a, a older gentleman that could be the dad in your life or, you know, a grandma type that could be the mom in your life again, that could nurture and, yeah. and, and strengthen you and pour into you. And so my challenge would to, to be to anyone is to, to find that people that, that, can really truly support you. So I want to end with this last question. So being over in London, it, it makes me think about Wembley Stadium. Did you ever hear about that or know about that when you're over there? Yeah, I did. I I think I probably went there a couple of times. I think I might have filmed a commercial no there for like a, a mobile phone company. What, as far what's as a I mobile remember. phone? Is it a mo- are you saying a mobile phone? phone? I just sorry. Yeah. Now I'm making fun of you. Sorry. That was me making fun of you. Sorry about that. That was a little bit of like the UK, like the London coming out in my mashup of a Canadian accent as well, mobile. <laughs> so uh, we can call you on your mobile phone. I feel you like can. it's a, I Reach feel like it's anytime. a rotary when you say, when you say that, I feel like it's a rotary phone. So you did go to Wembley, you know about Wembley Stadium from the, from the sound of it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Just yeah. checking. This is not going to work if you don't. So, but I'm glad it okay. does. So now it's going to work. So back in the uh, wonderful year of 19, I think I'm right on this because I, I had to Google it to make sure I was right. But back in, I think okay. roughly the round the year of 1985, they had this amazing concert called Live Aid. And for those of you mm-hmm. who have seen uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie which uh obviously portrays freddie mercury and queen and the rise of them and all that 
Well, they play at this concert called Live Aid, and it's in Wembley Stadium. By the way, the capacity that night or that day, they're estimating at over uh, 72,000 people. That's a lot of people. So That's cool. a lot of people. That's mm-hmm. a lot of people. So I'm imagining just for a second that we're in this concert that it's not Live Aid because, I, I mean, 1985, I was only five. Again, you don't have to tell me how old you were. <laughs> but uh, you can just in your mind say, okay, that's my number. That's where I was. Mm-hmm. But in 1985, we're going to now make it, you know, 2021. Okay. You walk out on stage. You got 72,000 people like in front of you mm. and I like my microphone a little better than yours. Just saying, cause you have the, you have the, the pod <laughs> mic, which I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's a fine mic for a podcaster. Yeah, I got the road. Yeah. The road pod mic. It's fine. I mean, for newbie podcasters, <laughs> I mean, it's good, but when you get ready to be a pro podcaster, you have to have the pro caster microphone just saying, which is what I'm speaking okay. in. Just saying <laughs> little plug for rogue there, uh, road. So, you know, road, you if you ever want, just let me know. We can talk, but, um, <laughs> but I say all that because, I'm going to hand you this microphone. There's 72,000 people there, all walks of life, young, old, doesn't matter, all all kind of backgrounds even. But somehow I got to be this event coordinator and I hand you this microphone because, again, it's a pro microphone, pro caster microphone. (laughs) What on earth are you going to say to them in this moment? You got this. You got this believe in yourself believe in the capacity you have to influence others with your voice with your passions with your hopes with your dreams there are so many people out in the world that need to hear your voice and the more you can connect to what it is that you want to share and the more you can step into your authenticity as the person that you want to be the more people are going to want to hear what you have to say, want to hear about your story, the more they're going to connect with you and be able to just love you for who you are. So you got this. Why do you think that would be so important for that crowd of 72,000 to hear? I think, you know, there's there's a lot of us. Uh, yeah, I come from an artistic background. I come from, you know, a, a creative industry. And I know for sure as an artist and as a human being, you know, there's a lot of self-doubt. There's a lot of messaging out in the world that tells us that, you know, we have to look a certain way. We have to walk a certain way. We have to talk a certain way. And it's not real. You know, it's just not, it's not real. It's not true. And it's not authentic to um, who we are as, as human beings. You know, we fall on our faces. We're not perfect, but we're imperfect in a beautiful way. And I think that sometimes those those uh, thoughts of self-doubt can very, very easily creep in when we are trying to take the next step, when we are trying to put our work out there, you know, when we're um, trying to step into our authenticity and be vulnerable. I think that imposter syndrome can creep in sometimes and it's really, really easy to let those voices take over. And so I think it's just a great reminder to just know that, you know, you're strong you you have everything that you need and if you don't you know come to me come to Neil find those people that you you need to help make you feel strong you know and make you feel like you are needed you are loved you are wanted and everyone needs to hear your voice yeah I think that's powerful and and such a powerful reminder to say hey you know you matter and not mm-hmm. only do you matter, but but it's now time to really go out and really have that ripple effect in other people's lives to really hopefully be the voice of change. Totally. You know, rather than being the voice that that continues to diminish or, you know, downgrade somebody. Because I, I just think, yeah, right now we, we need stronger voices that have said, you know, you really do matter. And I think if we hear it enough times, it's kind of like spelling words back in school. I don't know if they do that in Toronto, spelling words, that is. Hmm. I don't know. Do you guys do spelling words? Spelling yeah, words? You know, like if you just no, hear them we're we're like you had out? like a spelling test in 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 school. Did you ever have those spelling tests? Okay. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever have to write the words like three times each or anything like that? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. I need to get rid of that in the United States <laughs> and in Canada. But um, <laughs> but you know you did it enough times, and and the idea was the repetition. You finally got to mm-hmm. spell that word, and and I hated that. Mm-hmm. By the way, that was the worst thing in school ever. Just want yeah. to put that out yeah. there. It's terrible. Yeah. So uh, let's play a game <laughs> together. That sounds fun, right? As we wrap up today. All okay. right. So here's my amazing cup. Totally. It is, of course, the University of North Carolina. I I couldn't find my Maple Leafs okay. cup. I uh, or my Blue Jays oh. cup. I, I don't know. It's 
No Blue Jays? Nothing. nothing? I couldn't couldn't find oh, it. I, I, I don't even think I have my Blue Jays hat anymore. Anyway, here we go. So <laughs> all the way from Canada, all the way to Oregon, we're going to roll on your behalf. Ooh, I love it when this number comes up. It's such a good number. So being a dancer, I would imagine that you kind of had to be in touch with your senses. There's a rhythm. There's some, you know, elements to dancing that we didn't even get into because I felt like mm. I have two left feet and you've told me that I can <laughs> dance. I just, it's a mindset issue. So my wife is going to hear this. So that just cost me a dollar, but you really do believe <laughs> I can learn how to dance, right? You're, you're confident in that? I do. <sighs> I do believe right. that. Well, I'll work on that belief. But here we go. I'm telling you, you got So here this. we go. There is the number. Ooh, okay. You see that? I know it's kind of backwards, but I all got right. It. So what number is that? Just so people know I'm not cheating because I, again, have been accused of cheating. So it's the number okay, six. Okay, there we go. I did not mouth it to her. Stop tweeting me that I mouth nope. words to people. All right. <laughs> so here we go. Last question. Uh, senseless. It's our fun game that we kind of wrap the show up with. And that's this is you get to have dinner or a meal. Some people are like, I don't like dinner. I don't eat dinner. Oh, so fine. You can have brunch. I like all you, meals. All right. I love so it doesn't matter, meals. right? You're going to have a meal. Maybe I should just change it to a meal, but it's only one person. <laughs> You can't invite your guy. You can't invite, you know, sister. You can't invite anyone else to this meal. All right. Be clear on that. That is okay. the only rule here. So dinner, meal, whatever it may be. First off, where are you going? Does it does it matter? Do you want to settle on that first before you know the, the, the rest of the question? I'm going for sushi. You're going to go sushi. Okay, good. I'm going to go I, sushi. I love me some sushi. Mm-hmm. Wasabi. This where's that. So good. So you're going to sushi. Now, Now, who are you going with? Because you get one person dead or alive. Okay. Who are you going to have sushi with? Ooh. Oh, man. And, I, and it can't be nobody in my... F Only okay. one. <laughs> Only one. Don't try to sneak in other people. Well, I know. I there's Aunt like... So -and -so I'm like, there's grandma choreographers. So -so. There's this person. There's yeah, that you person. Got, you, got, okay. you got one. You got one. And you don't get it like a plus one. This is not a <laughs> plus one situation. It's not a plus situation. one kind of restaurant. No, no extra reservations. Nope. Nope. You only have, mm. it's you and them at the table. That's it. Because when you come to the table, amazing yep. things can happen. Shout out to Sean McCoy. <laughs> um, okay. I am going to bring Bruce Lee to sushi. What on earth would you say to Bruce Lee at sushi? Teach me everything. Please teach me everything. <laughs> just, just download it like into my matrix, brain like the Matrix, right? right? Just, into there, just, um, <laughs> you know. I think, I think. Tank, I need to be a helicopter pilot, and all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, Trinity's a helicopter pilot yeah. kind of thing. Okay, I would right. just, I would just, I would want to just know all of the things, you know, ultimate wisdom. Um, I think just, just clarity, uh, sense of peace um you know i think that he he just had so many wonderful techniques and tools to really tune into yourself into your mind that mind body connection you know and still um was so powerful and uh, physical and you know a, a huge success so yeah i'm taking him to sushi lots of wasabi yeah. Lots of wasabi. I love that so much. Charlene, you mentioned your podcast a few times. I want to give you an opportunity right now. Tell people how they can not only, you know, hear what you're doing, what you're creating, but but maybe if they want to connect with you. Because again, I, I think you're one of those people that love to get connected with folks, mm -hmm. like much like me. So how can folks not only hear you but get connected with you? What's a what's the best way to do that? Oh, thank you so much for that, Neil. Yeah, the podcast is called the Compassionate Creative Podcast. It's, you know, very much like yours. I just love to share stories of, of fellow creatives, um, anyone that is out there that is putting good things out into the world. That's sort of the driving message behind the podcast. But I am so open to connecting. You can send me a DM on Instagram, um, Charlene Dinger, or the Compassionate Creative Podcast Instagram platform. Um, I'm on Clubhouse. I just recently got on TikTok. So I'm trying to just, you know, get myself out there and, and you know, share with as many people as possible. But I'm so, so open to um, an email. My website is just charlenedinger.com. Always feel free to reach out to me and connect. I, I love, love, love connecting. 
Absolutely so much. So we will kind of end with this thought today as we kind of wrap up today. First off, Charlene, before I wrap up, just want to say thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. And I really have loved your insight because, again, like I said, I felt like you really spoke to my niece. Hmm. Did you speak to her? But I really think you spoke to me on how, again, how how I just feel about your heart, that you just really have Hmm. this heart that is, my buddy says all the time, chewing the same dirt. Which I didn't really get because it's a Texas term. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. But you know, I think we're in the same lane, and I love the fact to find a fellow lane runner because so many times it feels like we're running in this lane alone. Yep. But it's nice to have kind of a, a cohort, if you will, in mm. that lane together. So I just want to thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much, Neil. Endless gratitude to you for having me on. And thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing to share stories of other people's perspectives and, you know, walking in other people's shoes. It's such a beautiful message and it's so needed in the world right now. So thank you. Absolutely. And with that, I just want to say guys and gals alike, as we, uh, as we wrap up, I just want to give you just a little thought before we run out of here. And that's this, who is in your lane? I know we say so often, like, we're in this lane alone, like, we're just all alone, and, and that's our lane, and that's the only one that we're allowed in that lane is is me. Why? Why can't we have other people join us in the lane? Like, I know some of us don't like people merging into our lane. We're like, no, this is my lane. I'm going to protect it. It's mine. But I think what Charlene shared with us today, and, and rightfully so, maybe it's time we kind of welcome people into our lane. And really, because in, even in welcoming them into our lane, what if we have an ability then to help them along and get them unstuck in that moment? I think she provided some great insight today on just the idea of getting unstuck, the idea of venturing out, crossing the pond even, to really help. And who knows? Maybe this new adventure that you're on, you can again begin to help others become unstuck from that moment. So just remember this as we close out today. Remember when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. Join me right back here next week again as we walk in other people's shoes.